Tell me if this sounds familiar. You just got back from a nice long lunch. Everything is going well. The sun is shining. Earlier in the day, you sent the perfect design to a client. You know they're going to love it. And then you get back to your desk after lunch and you get a frantic email from your creative director that says, we need to redo everything. The client wants it redone. They want new illustrations. They want new photos. They want new vectors. Everything has to be redone. And uh, oh yeah, we have about 15 minutes to get it done. Does that sound familiar? This has happened to me like a million times. And I like to know that there's a place that I can go uh, and have a solution for this so I don't get fired and I don't have to have an anxiety attack because when I first started out, I didn't exactly know where to go, but now I have the perfect place. And that place is Shutterstock. They have over 340 million photos, vectors, illustrations. They've got it all. Personally, I love the curated collections and that way you'll see the best of the best right away. You could skip the search and get to work. And over the years, I've used Shutterstock on my own website, on social posts, on digital ads. And every time I use it, it looks professional. It looks amazing. And if you act now, you can try Shutterstock for free and get 10 images for $0. That's right, $0, 10 images from your boy Rob here at Meet the Creatives. Just go to Shutterstock.com MTC. That's Shutterstock.com MTC. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today, I'm here with Cole Kibbers. Cole, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, buddy. I actually found your work, I think, originally on the at Instagram, which is kind of a sort of a, a meta thing. It's it's at Instagram, like the actual account. Do you ever have a hard time describing that to people? Always. It's always such a weird thing to explain. And they're like, so what do you shoot for? I'm like, Instagram. And they most people instantly think like, oh, like, what? It, influencer or something like that. And it's like, no, uh, for Instagram, like at Instagram. And a lot of people, you kind of see the gears start to work in their brain. They're like, so like the oh, Instagram? Oh, that, <laughs> like Instagram, Instagram, like the one with 340 million followers. I love the team at Instagram. Um, I've met so many friends there, uh, you know, Ben Fitch, uh, Hannah Cecile, Cecile, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, uh, Genevieve. Yeah, exactly. There's been so many great people, you know, I, Developed some friendships early on with people at Facebook, and then uh, from going out to San Menlo and, and seeing the Instagram uh, Facebook headquarters, I was like, I got to meet people at Instagram. And the team there has been so kind and so generous to me. Uh, it's been really great developing friendships with all of you, respectively. And uh, I'm really grateful for you, for the Instagram team specifically, for being so generous and, uh, and helping out young creatives, which is what we're here to do today. So the Instagram team is truly comprised of some of the most special, incredible, kind, generous, inspiring, thoughtful people I've ever met in my life. Ben and Hannah and Fadia and just everybody I get to work with there. Um, it's, it's truly, we always joke that it's like a dream team, but it really, really is. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell me about your journey? You know, when did you first find your love for photography and the creative field? Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of creatives who have you know made a career out of their their passions my journey hasn't been a very linear one it's definitely you know has been filled with a lot of uh this sort of this sort of map um i started off i i always kind of loved photography but i i wouldn't say i took it very seriously until maybe uh my early 20s um at the time i was more passionate about music and acting 
Um, I had a band for seven years that I sang and played guitar in. And then I, I really, that's what I really wanted to pursue at first was music, not only because I had a passion for it, but also I really wanted to be able to see the world. And I thought that music would be a great way to be able to do that. So that was kind of my first love. But then it was actually acting that got me into thinking about the other side of the camera. And I was like, oh man, like being a cinematographer would be really cool or being a director would be really cool. So I think that it actually kind of started with a love of acting and film. And then that sort of turned into photography and, and cinematography. At the end of the day to me though, the, the thread that runs between all the different art forms is just a love of storytelling. You know, take me from being a, a kid and kind of having this creative mindset, um, a love for storytelling, and then going out into the real world. How did you get your first job? Um, I know you were in a band, but you know, when you decided that you wanted to take a leap of faith and you know, start photography and, and, and filmography and all that, how did you get your first job and what was that experience like for you? Growing up, uh, I love my family, but I wasn't really surrounded by a lot of uh, creative people in my family. I was sort of the black sheep in that way. Um, and for whatever reason, it was always just kind of innate within me since I was a little kid, just drawing for hours a day or whatever it was to be creative. Mm -hmm. And so when I kind of set out on my own, I didn't really know what was out there or what I was pursuing, but I just knew that, that I, I wanted to have a creative life. And I think that that sort of, I, I just sort of, pinballed around a little bit into the different things and different opportunities or you know a lot of times for for a lot of my early 20s especially I was the epitome of the starving artist you know um but I just always I just never gave up on trying to pursue different things if, if one thing failed I would try something else and then I took a job uh right out of college working for Apple um, as nice. a creative trainer. So I would teach um, classes on, I was Logic certified, Final Cut certified, Aperture certified back when that was a thing. And I would teach classes on, on that. And I did enjoy aspects of it, but I was also, I wanted to be actually making things myself, not just teaching. Um, and then I got kind of a really weird opportunity that just sort of fell in my lap. A guy that would come in for these Apple classes, had a local sports and entertainment TV show in Arizona where I was living. And he basically, he had, you know, behind the scenes, he actually had no money, hardly a team at all, just a couple of local news guys that would help him out. And he brought me on. He's like, I need somebody that can shoot. I need somebody that can edit. I need somebody who can do interviews, all of this stuff. And he sort of took a leap of faith on me and I sort of took a leap of faith on him. And right literally my first day on the on the job he hands me this giant news style camera some panasonic something i'd never had seen in my life and a half hour later i would be shooting my first interview which was with kurt warner right the quarterback yeah, number 13 of the arizona cardinals yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I know football. <laughs> oh heck yeah um and that was so that was literally my first day first shoot you know was with this really high profile athlete um so it kind of threw me into the fire and it was actually a, a really tough job and not a very fun one in a lot of ways but i also i feel like 
it was like boot camp for me where I was shooting, writing scripts, editing. Do I was some weeks I was doing an entire 22 minute television show for local TV, but a whole TV show by myself, every wow. single aspect of it. I would light it, I would shoot it, I would conduct the interview, I would edit it, I would add in the commercials, I would do everything. Um, so it was really this this gauntlet that I that I made it through. After doing that for about a year, I was really burnt out on it, but I ended up kind of deciding to leave that and start my own little production company in Arizona. Um, and then as I was trying to establish that, I kind of just realized, why do all this work to do it here? If I really want to do it and really want to pursue my dreams, I should head to LA. So with like $500 and zero connections, I uh, blindly moved out to LA. And I think looking back, I was so naive and had no idea <laughs> what I was in for, but I think I, I kind of needed to be or else if I would have known how much work it was going to be, I might not have ever done it. Uh, but I'm so glad I did. You know, those early experiences, that's kind of, it's like kind of jumping straight into the deep end and like kind of learning how to swim. Um, it's mm -hmm. not pretty. And, and when you're, when you're in the middle of it, it seems like it's like the end of the world. Um, but it can certainly expedite the process. And I feel like if I didn't make those, if I wasn't so blissfully naive and over my head, I don't think that I would be where I am now. Not, not to say that I'm anywhere like that special now, but it certainly kind of helps. And, um, and it makes you not make those mistakes again sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, sometimes when, you know, when people find out the job that I have which, and the work that I get to do, and don't get me wrong, I'm extremely grateful for it, but they'll say things like, you're so lucky. And I always kind of laugh to myself because it's like, yeah. man, if they only know how much bad luck and hard times and everything else that I had to persevere through. Mm -hmm. I remember my first real break in, in LA was doing a shoot for the recording Academy with uh, flying Lotus and Herbie Hancock. Mm -hmm. And I was super pumped on it, but long story short, I didn't really have a real place to live yet at the time. <laughs> and the place I was staying didn't have internet and I had a deadline of this project and it meant a lot to me. And I stayed up late working on it and I was in downtown LA and I had no way to upload the file. And so I just started going around walking because I didn't want to spend money on Ubers to every like hotel lobby, wherever, but it's like one in the morning and I couldn't get every hotel I go to to try to get on the Wi-Fi. They tell me I needed a room. This or is making me want to cry slow. just hearing this story. I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to cry for you in the story. <laughs> and I, oh, I think I, I think I broke down and cried that night, but I finally found a Starbucks that I could sit outside of and upload the project. This is, this is now like 5.30 in the morning. I've been out all night. Finally get the project uploaded. I'm outside with my laptop. It's super sketchy. Get back to the place where I was staying. I was exhausted. Laid down for like an hour and a half or whatever. Get an email from them that was like, we love it. Can you just you know add this title or whatever? And I had to do the exact same thing all over again. <laughs> oh my God. And, <laughs> but you know, it, it's those sort of struggles and that, and that fire that we talk about that that really keeps you super humble and grounded and just so grateful for every opportunity that comes your way and you know it's, it's part of why i work so hard is i i come from that sort of struggle um and so i i really appreciate every opportunity i get yeah definitely 
And I, one of the things, you know, you're talking, people always say about, about luck. That's one of the things you hear all the time, like, oh, you're so lucky. And, and another thing uh, that I hear people say that I kind of have my own personal, like, I kind of like laugh to myself as well is, you know, it's all about connections. And mm. it's like, mm, not really. Cause like, I can speak to it from my own experience. You could have all the connections in the world. Like if you don't have like the output or the experience or the resources to, to fulfill that project, like it, it's not going to work out. Like it, it can get you in the door, but you really need to have like a viable skill set. So for when creatives me are messaging me and they're saying like, oh, like, man, I just got fired from like my third freelance job and like I'm getting better, but like they're not giving me a chance. I'm like, no, like this, this is, you're doing it like right now. This is like getting better. And it's not, it's not pretty and it's not easy. Um, but I think the notion that like, you know, that it's about connections and it's about like a DM like, you know, and just uh, the world will unfold. I'll say this. That's not true. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What I'll say is it's not about connections. It's about reputation. Yes. So, you know, being a good photographer, I think a lot of people think being a good photographer, a musician or model or whatever it is, it's like, here I am world. Right. Whereas really, that's, that's the barrier to entry. Being really good at your craft is like welcome you have now cracked the door open and that's it right but when you do work hard and when you show up and when you're kind and when you say you're when you do what you say you're gonna do you build a reputation so people start to connect you it's not about who you know it's about people saying hey we worked with this guy he's awesome or we love working with him or people seeing the work and the clientele that you work with and building building a community of other like-minded creatives and and people that you love working with and you all look out for each other that's that's what it is like yes i feel like i you know i know some incredible people now but it's only because of the work that we've done together it's not just because of it's certainly not because of my last name or anything like that right the people that I bring into projects, the people that I like to hire when I have that opportunity are people who, whose work genuinely inspires me, people that I love to be around. Ba basically, people, people that I can trust to have them show up in my place, in my name, and do as good or a better job than I would have done. Those are the people that I work with over and over again. And I'm talking outside of Instagram or people that I uh, have referred because I, I don't work Instagram. I'm a I'm a contractor. I have a, a company and started yeah. and we're we're a vendor with Instagram. Um, but like my my friend Art, um, you know, he's an amazing, wonderful, creative guy, and he worked for a lot of years with Alicia Keys and Rock Nation, and then he started bringing me into that world. And I've fortune worked with Alicia a number of times, and then. There was some work I couldn't do for Instagram and I referred art because I knew that he would absolutely kill it. And he did multiple times. And now he works with them regularly as well. And it's, we, we celebrate his victories. We don't, I always think it's weird when some photographers or creatives um, have this, what would you call it? Like a, like, an like a selfish. Kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, like a like they're they're in competition with one another. Oh Whereas yeah, I it's hate like that. for us, I, I yeah, it's gross. to me. It's like I celebrate my friends. I celebrate their victories. I want to see everybody succeed. I 
my lawyer told me once that when, when he was graduating from law school, he was so afraid. He's like, how am I ever going to find work? There's a million lawyers out there. And his mentor said to him, there are, but there's always room for one more good one. And right. I feel the same way about photographers and models and everything. Yes, there's a lot of about there. You would call it on social media, it can feel saturated. But if you have a unique and authentic voice, there's always going to be room for you. Yeah, absolutely. Along that same line of social media, you know, uh, there's a great quote by uh, Teddy Roosevelt that my friend Claude turned me on to. It's called comparison is the thief of joy. And I love that quote. Um, and I mm -hmm. think that the, that can be said a lot about photographers. You know, they see like, you know, you have like 50,000 Instagram followers, like, oh my God. And I only have like 15 kind of thing. So like, and I'll never get to that place, right? It seems like it's like unattainable. Was there a correlation between like the quality of work you were doing and then the following? Because I, I kind of want to help to, because it's not all about like the metrics, right? I know some fantastic photographers, yeah. that work, the biggest companies in the world and have like, you know, like a thousand followers. And it's not necessarily sure. about that, but um, what was that journey like for you? And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you did not always have like 50 something thousand followers. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. Not that, I, not that it I matters, but I'm just saying for people that are in that, you know. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's an important thing to talk about. Um, I heard a quote once I'll, I'll butcher it a little bit but it said something along the lines of um you know followers don't matter hitler had millions jesus had 12 you know oh, i love and, that i'm stealing that <laughs> and you know whether you're religious or not it's about the idea that what matters is creating authentic meaningful impactful content um I always use an analogy of in music and with bands. Uh, how many times have you listened to a band and you hear a song and you love it and it's great. And so you go to their Spotify and you're like, oh my God, they have three albums. This is amazing. So for you, you get to have this experience of discovering a bunch of their art all at once. But for them, they were working hard for five years, putting out those albums without anybody noticing them. Right. So you're going to have to have output for a while before you gain traction or a following. And you really everybody wants the big following and it literally it's what's important is that is knowing that that will come if you if you just continue to do consistently good work it will come in some form and i think that for me i mean i had i don't remember maybe a couple few thousand followers on instagram but er, on the early days of the platform um my friends and I in Phoenix were trying to find ways to build a creative community. So we started using Instagram to connect because in Phoenix, there's a lot of talented people, but it's a lot of little islands. Right. And so when Instagram would do like Insta meets and stuff back in the day, my friend Ryan Neal Cordwell, who's been like time magazine, top 50 photographers and whatever. Um, he started to leverage instant meets and things like that to build community in phoenix but we like to do our own things like we'd have our friends bands come and play or we we'd hit up all these cool hip venues and be like hey you know we want to get a couple hundred really awesome local creatives to come and blah 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 and people would be like yeah our events cost five grand to have an event here and we'd be like no you don't get it you you want these people here and they'd act <laughs> like we were crazy and then fast forward four years later we would have places you know, hitting us up being like, please host your next event there. Cause we would get hundreds of, you know, what were later called influencers to come right. out to these events. And I think we ended up kind of catching the, 
the attention of Instagram's community team at the time. This guy, Jeffrey Gearson and Ryan were friends. And um, I ended up becoming down the road. I don't know if they were connected, but a suggested user on Instagram, which was a thing they used to do. Right. So the, the at Instagram account, this is long before I worked with them in any capacity. They featured me for a while and that helped me get a lot more exposure and a, a lot of attention. And I gained some followers there for sure. Um, and then I lost followers for a while because some of those accounts were like, you know, there's people that would follow you and they right. signed up or whatever. And transactional, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I went like this and then like this. And then over the last several years, I think that my numbers actually went down a lot and then I've rebuilt sort of a, a more, um, you know, just a community of people that like what I push out when we do stuff, when I do a lot of work for different clients, such as Instagram or Netflix or Spotify or whoever it's been, um, I'm not usually credited in those captions. So I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm just behind the scenes creating things. So it's not really like that work really propels me forward in that way. Right. Um, it's more so, I would say things that I do that are that are my smaller scale projects actually get me more followers, like That's little awesome. music videos for bands or lookbooks for fashion brands, things like that. Yeah, I remember I was uh, actually at Facebook headquarters uh, in San Mendo with my friend Dion and I was talking about like, you know, like early on, I got like some followers, but the quality of that and some of them were like bots and some of them were just, you know, like it just, I was kind of overanalyzing that. And I was like, yeah, but like the numbers aren't where, like where they could be. And he's like, yeah, but dude, like, you know, it could, you, you don't know who's listening. It's like, you could see, and there's you mm. know, like 135 people listen. And one of those people is like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or somebody like you, you never yeah. know. Yeah. So somebody could have like thousands and thousands of listeners, but like, it's, it's kind of a quality over a quantity, if you will. Yeah. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, if yes. you're listening to my podcast, like, let me know. That would be really cool. What up dog? What up? Yeah. What up Zach? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, not, not to chew my own horn, but that's always something that I, I kind of think is a little funny when if let's say a brand, cause there's brands that probably wouldn't work me because I don't have a big enough following. Um, but they don't understand that the types of people who follow my account are celebrities I've worked with or, you know, chance to prominent people in tech or yeah, whoever. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we got, it's like the, the quality of the of the people and just the quality of my community in general i just like love the people that i've met through instagram when i travel the world i'll meet in person people that i've followed and been inspired by and i've honestly made so many close friendships with people that i met through instagram which is weird because i've never meeting someone from any other platform would feel like I know this guy from Facebook or Twitter and we're meeting. Right. Like, I just feel like that would never happen for me, but Instagram happens everywhere I've been in the world and I love it. I remember I met Michael Beirut in, uh, I think it was like just after college and he was like my idol and all, all of my Pinterest boards like had his work and um, I really wanted to work with him. And so one of my, he was actually one of the first guests on the podcast, which was really cool. Talk about like taking a chance. He was like, talk, I think I had like a hundred followers and, uh, I remember I met him after we, we met on Skype and then we met in person. He was like, wow, you're kind of tall. That's what, and, he, and he was like sizing me up, like looking like, wow, like you're a real person. And I was like, what is happening? Like <laughs> the, the internet is so cool in that way. Cause you don't really think about it. You know what I mean? And 
you have these really beautiful connections that are super meaningful in your life. And sometimes like I have so many people I've never, I've never met Hannah in person, but yet I feel like we're like best friends. It's so weird. Oh yeah. And quarantine has really helped to kind of keep that weird uh, thing in effect. But one day I'm going to meet everyone and fly around the country. So well, well, I hope one day we get to meet because we, I know, you know, you hit me up about doing this podcast, which I was, which I was flattered and excited about. And then we talked on the phone one time before this, <laughs> just to, just to go over the logistics and we're like, yeah, we're like BFFs already. It's yeah. Fine. And I talked about Chance the Rapper for about an hour and a half. And you were, I mean, and you were just like, yeah, man, it was cool photographing him anyway. So when are we, when are we going to do that? <laughs> I don't know, no, cool. I mean, I was, I fangirled hard with Chance the Rapper. I mean, that, that was definitely, that's towards the top of my list of favorite people I've got to work with, both because I'm a fangirl and because he's just an epic human being. And, you know, that, that music video, um, being in Chicago and sometimes I go on set and I don't know, I, I meet a lot of great people, but sometimes it's like, who's this guy? Cause I, I'm not a part of like the inner circle of, right. I'm just popping into worlds all the time. So it's, always, I have no and it, idea. And it's understandable because be. they kind of want to have their comfort zone, which I, I have yeah. empathy for well, now. And some people, are, again, it goes back to the first thing we were talking about where some people hear that I'm there from Instagram and they're like, wait, Instagram? Like, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. Like roll out the red <laughs> carpet. And then other people think that I'm like an Instagram influencer or something. And they just are right. like, Psh. So it's yeah. really funny, um, but Chance's whole crew, everybody that worked on that video and the director, Elijah, um, I just felt, they just welcomed me in and made me feel like family instantly. I don't know if it's like that Midwest, um, that Midwest good vibe, but man, I had so much fun with all those people and I've kept in touch with some of them and uh, Chance's content guy, Yak, and all of them, like they're just amazing, amazing people. They make incredible art and it was cool because chance and elijah elijah used to drive chance the rapper around in his minivan back in the day like they're he's like a day one wow. and chance still works with him and i think that's just super cool that's amazing i think it's important especially nowadays to to stay positive you know i i you know as i was saying before the podcast today is day i think 67 that i've been sober i've been meditating i've been exercising but i've also been like a news junkie and like been on TikTok and Instagram and all these different things for like hours on end and kind of like living in between those two headspaces one of of like self-reflection and then another one of just like mindlessly scrolling through my phone and just like living in the negativity and I've been trying yeah. to to reason with myself to be even though things are bad even though we're so, certainly as a country kind of down and out right now like there are still so many things to be grateful for and it's so important to keep a positive mindset. And if you look around at your neighbors and you look around at the people around you and don't kind of live in this sort of headline culture, there's a lot to be grateful for. And it really is disconcerting for me to see so many creative professionals right now that, and I totally get it because I can be in this headspace a lot, but they're disenfranchised. They think that, you know, it's never going to turn around and they're kind of throwing in the towel. Um, but in my own personal experience, I've really tried to use this time to work on my skill set, to become a better photographer. Like I can't 
go around the country and take pictures of things, but I can certainly take beautiful portraits of like my wife or, you know, go out and document yeah. something for like my friends and, and do what I can. But um, how has that journey been like for you in terms of keeping a positive mindset and, and why, why is that important if it is? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, absolutely. I feel really kindred to everything you were just talking about. Um, I think for me, the last couple of months have been really challenging because I care so much and so deeply about a lot of the issues that, that have been at the forefront of our, of the zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a white male, I definitely feel like it's not my time to speak though. I also know that my talents can be utilized to help amplify black voices or voices that do need to be heard right now. And that's always something that I've cared a lot about. And it's always been a focus of the work that I've done is trying to use my privilege and trying to use my platforms to to amplify voices that are are not always given that same opportunity. And I, I think that it's super important to do that. And I will always continue to do that. But lately for me, it's been hard to, it's been hard to even do that. Um, There was a couple of weeks where I didn't post anything at all for sure. Maybe even a month. I don't even know. Um, The only thing I would repost would be uh, black voices that I felt were really important to listen to. Now I'm starting to get back in a little bit to putting out some of my own content, but I'm just trying to be really intentional and moving forward. I, I don't think that this is something that's a fad or a moment or anything like that. Like this is, this is a moment of great importance and great awakening. And I think at times I've struggled to speak my full truth because I don't want to offend anyone or anything like that, but it's just, it's too important of a time to, to stay silent. And that's been a part of my own growth process is realizing that I, I could do more to, to use my voice and my platform and that the change really has to start in places that are close to us and that are really difficult, like in our own families. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to go into detail too much, but I can say that as much as I want to use my platform to talk to 50,000 people about stuff, I also feel like it's important to challenge myself to have really difficult one-on-one conversations with members of my own family that are really good people, but really blind to some of the important issues or really don't understand the way that they're, the way that they frame things and how negatively it affects people's lives. And I just, I care way too much about uh, people who are disenfranchised and people who have been given less opportunity to ever let that slide. I think that if a black person says that something's racist, you need to listen. If a woman says that something's harassing, you need to listen. If a gay person says that something's homophobic, you need to listen. If a Muslim person says that something is Islamic phobic, you need to listen. Uh, we need to 
listen to each other and we need to be more empathetic. We need to be more compassionate. We need to be more educated. We need to be pro-science. We need to get back to some, some basics here. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. In today's day and age, especially with the current climate, what we're going through, communication is paramount and being able to storytell and to do it in a way that's effective um, is really important. And I really, my heart goes out to the people that are just graduating um, from school. I remember when I did it, it was really scary and the economy was thriving. So to do it in today's day and age, uh, that's, I can't even like wrap my head around what that must be like, but people need to work nonetheless. So uh, if you're just starting out, going out into the field, you don't really have a lot of experience and you're looking to get experience. Can you maybe speak to that and uh, give some practical tips for people that are just starting out in their career? Yeah. I mean, a couple of things that I know were really valuable to me um, and also some things that I, I, looking back, wish I would have avoided is one, I would say that you got to remember that just as you're just starting out, there's a lot of other people who are just starting out. So if you're a photographer who's starting out, there might be a model who's starting out. There might be a band that's starting out. There might be a political activist that's just starting out. Find other creatives and collaborate, work together, do projects that you're both passionate about, um, help each other because the bands that I work with and a lot of the people that I work with are people that we grew together. We started together. I believed in them. They believed in me and we still do to this day. And it's like these little families that I get to pop into and it's a beautiful thing. Within that though, don't get taken advantage of. So I did a lot of free work or undervalued work. And, you know, I, I do think a lot of people like never do anything for free and whatever. And I, I understand that you need to value yourself, but I think it's all about balance. I still do stuff for sometimes less than I should or, or whatever it is, but it has to be things that I'm really excited about, um, that I really want to do, that I really see the benefit of, think, things of, of that nature. Um, I always kind of look at it as like there's like this triangle of things to consider. So one if a project comes to you and when you're trying to figure out the budget or things like that, one thing to consider is just how excited are you about the project in general? Is this something that's going to help your career, help your portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. Two, how much do you like the client? So is it like, this is somebody that's so fun to work with. They're so cool. They're so awesome. They're so inspiring. I can learn so much from them. Or is it like, this guy is a nightmare and I can tell his project's going to be awful. And, and he's just trying to use me because I'm a young creative because that happens a yeah, lot. I've had a lot of those. Three. <laughs> yeah. And then three is what's timetable. Do they need this yesterday or is it something where they can kind of work with your schedule and ebb and flow with you? And so if you say, man, I love this band. They're so cool. They're just starting off with man, their music. I already listened to it. I love it. Two, they want me to do music video for them and I can do whatever I want. And I have this idea and this creative vision, blah, blah, blah. And they can work with the fact that I have a full-time job or whatever it is. When you can factor those things in, maybe you can do that project for less. Whereas if it's some, you know, asshole, <laughs> you know, real estate guy who wants you to do these boring 
property videos and he wants to pay you nothing and he needs them immediately, then maybe you skip that. So value yourself, value your time, but also like check your ego, like check it. It's not going to serve you. Be humble, be willing to be a part of a team. If you want to be a director, great, but don't want to be a director because it's a cool title or it makes you the boss. The only reason why I'm a good director is because I've done everything else. Right. Like, and even now when I do shoots, I carry my own gear. I carry my own tripod. I feel like, I feel weird if I don't, but that's the only reason why I'm, why I can do that role is because I know that when the lighting guy's having a problem or the camera guy's having a problem that I can help them solve it. It's not, to me, it's not, I, I feel uncomfortable with the title itself because it's about collaboration always. So like ask yourself why you want to be this thing. Like, do you want to be a photographer because you love photography and storytelling and capturing people? Or is it because you want to be Instagram famous? Like, which right. is it? People that only worry about, you know, being verified on it instagram it's like is it about verification or is it about validation do you need that validation right the only person that you should be trying to get validation from is yourself if you make work that you love and that you're passionate about and that you think resonates with you it will resonate with other people yeah absolutely anytime you're living in alignment with yourself and following your authentic path whatever that may be you're going to end up creating a life that is fulfilling that may look different than what you wanted it to. So for example, because I played in bands, even though that was ultimately not successful, the people that I would be around or play shows with or go to parties with or just became friends with or whatever, when I when photography started to pop off, those were the people that I worked with early on. So it was all people from my music community that became a part of my photography community. And so, and if I would have been working some job that I hated somewhere just to, just to make more money or whatever, cause I could have done that. I, I did that. I had a job at Apple that had the 401k and great stock options and all that type of stuff. Like I had that and I left that because I was out of alignment with myself right. and in exchange, I struggled hard for like five years, like really hard and sacrificed a lot. I didn't eat at the restaurants I wanted to go to. I didn't wear the clothes I wanted to. I didn't have the car, I want, like none of it. Um, but I didn't care because I was happier, you know, having a bunch of roommates and I don't know, just, just the struggle is such a beautiful place. Um, it makes you so grateful for every victory. It keeps you present. It's sharp you, it makes you strong. And so don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of the struggle. Like that's what's gonna make you is that. Right. Yeah, if you're comfortable, you're probably not like pushing yourself hard enough kind of thing. When I graduated from college and in the years just thereafter, I would always look for inspiration and I would watch, you know, like Gary Vee videos and I'd hear about like patience and I hated that. And I thought that, like I had the right attitude. I had the right enthusiasm. I was working towards a goal. I was interviewing these people. It's like, why can't they give me a chance? And I would always have these excuses about like, you know, the old guard or they don't, you know, there's not enough like on the job training, which is like not a thing for the most part. And, uh, 
I was always like in a place of self-pity and I didn't think that patience really was a strategy, but now being in like the fifth year out of college, which I understand it's like sort of like just a, I've just kind of arrived at odds sort of thing. I'm just now starting to get my legs underneath me. When I look back at the work that I made at that time, it was so bad. And I just, I can't believe that I didn't get like fired sooner kind of thing. And it's so important to have that humility to go easy on yourself and realize like you're gonna suck for a while. Like it's so easy to put yourself in a position like, oh, I was bullied or like they, they didn't allow me to fit in. And they say all this stuff about like leadership or their company, but, but listen, there's a chance, there's a very good chance if you're just entering the field, your work sucks. And I know mine did. And, I and think, it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah, it's totally fine. And eventually it will get better, but you have to work in the field for long enough to realize that it does suck. Like you might be so new in your journey, you don't even know your own work sucks, you know? Man, you know, <laughs> yes, amen. I look back at my early music that I would write. I look back at the early, my early photography and it's so cringy and it's so funny. Um, but like, I also love myself so much for being that version that was so unabashed, so unafraid, so open to trying things and sometimes now for example i've always made you know guitar music and analog music and i want to get into making digital music and drum beats and stuff like that and i've bought right. a bunch of gear to do it but because i'm not just a master of it right away i get really frustrated at myself and i, I keep that in check I'm like what's that about like were you a master at guitar right away were you a master at photography right away like still not a master at guitar but you know what i'm saying <laughs> right um but it's like, no, it, it takes time. There's old 10,000 hours, you know, sort of thing. And um, I think that, I think sucking at something is a really beautiful, humbling experience. And I think that what I've always said is that the first step to being really good at something is simply having good taste in it. So if you have good taste in music, it's in you to be a great musician. If you have good taste in photography, it's in you to be a great photographer. It's just your technical abilities haven't caught up to your to your je ne sais quoi. And so <laughs> I think that I think that um, we need to be more patient with ourselves and and kind of adopt that childlike sense of wonder again when you're a kid drawn and you're drumming and you don't you don't care you're just doing anything you're just ex expressing yourself and so the more you can get out of your own way and the more you can rid yourself of fear and doubt and all these these negative thoughts and negative stories that we tell ourselves i know for a long time i didn't ever sing or play guitar because i was told by my mom when i was little like oh no one in our family sings or whatever and i just told myself that story I just told myself that story for like a decade. She didn't mean anything bad by it, but she was just like, oh, we don't sing. So I was like, oh, I guess I can't sing. Right. So it's like question all of that. Question all the bullshit that you tell yourself. Anytime you're telling yourself you can't do something, 100% it's a story and you just haven't put in the work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dude, I love that so much. And it's just so important to, I love that you said childlike wonder because that's kind of, the place that I try and return to, you know, I came out of school, I had like these rigid ideas about like what a designer looks like. And um, it's kind of like unlearning those things. So like be 
be like learning, but also like unlearning at the same time, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. so be, be willing to yeah. take a chance and to, to learn and take classes and get better at your craft, but also be kind of like unwinding sort of the preconceived notions. And that's why I think it's so important to not be in a place of self-pity because then you will allow yourself to, to breathe. And I was so hard on myself, relentless with myself. Like, why do I, why do I not have a job at, at, you know, one of the best branding agencies in the world? I, I've been out of school for six months. Like, come on, like, why is this not happening? And I just wish that I was kinder to myself. And I, I know when people said that, when I was just leaving, I didn't want to hear that. But if you're just leaving school and it's like COVID-19 is happening, there's civil unrest, there's all this stuff happening. Like, just take a deep breath like try and stay remain calm work on your skill set and just know that like any like it's so cliche to say but like anything worth having takes a a long time like cliches are usually true for a reason and and it's true so i just know there's somewhere out there there's someone that's listening to this that's beating themselves up today and cole and cole from instagram says it's okay and he's got a dope job and if he can get a dope job you can too uh 100 (laughs) percent i when I was in high school, I lived on a farm in Iowa, uh, a mile away from a town of 50 people, seven miles away from a town of 3,000 people. That's where I went to high school. Um, there's no reason why I should have ended up with the, the opportunities that I have other than, you know, just going back to those core tenets of working hard, never giving up, being kind, being empathetic, being genuine, and you know, if you do those things, you're, you're going to be all right. And I think it's important that we divide our times in general between, I've heard it said like a third of your time should be spent teaching a third of your time with your peers and a third of the time, like with your, with your mentors. And I don't know if my ratios are in line with that, but I do know that um, if anybody's listening and they have questions or just want to connect, or send me the work or DM me or whatever. Like I'm always, always, always down to interact and, and meet young aspiring creatives. I'm always blown away. I see what people younger than me, newer to the game than me do that just blows my mind. Um, and yeah, I mean, hit me up. I'm always down to, I'm always down to chat. I'm always down to make new friends. I'm always down to build my own network and and just don't ask if you can be verified on instagram don't ask to be verified just don't ask if you can be verified on instagram i can't do that i won't do that uh who can no i'm not everyone everyone from instagram says this i need to find the verification guy i like typed it down linkedin i'm just kidding i I don't want that yeah i verify myself i get myself a blue check yes i'm not verified and not that i even should be i don't know but if i should be I still don't know if I would even want it because then people would think that I would know how to get the blue check. Right. Then they'd really be hitting you up asking about the blue check. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. I'll get, I'll get that validation from, from myself. Yeah. No blue check is the new blue check. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Where can people find you online? This has been absolutely amazing. I really, I cannot believe we have not met in person. I feel like we have this, uh, this friendship that feels like it's been here for years. You kind of yeah. just have, a, you have that look though. You sort of like have a look like somebody who would kind of live around me. You kind of remind me of the, uh, the lead singer of the Lumineers in my mind. Oh, okay. Like, I'll take that. Yeah. He's a, you just I missing the hat. That one before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got, I mean, I got plenty of hats. Okay. Here. 
Yeah, put one on just just yeah. for the end. <laughs> yeah. All right. Packy Sip, a toothbrush <laughs> Sorry. By the way, one of the best Pack live concerts. Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> Dang, I don't know if I know how to how to do any of their songs. It's like a it's all just like C and F and yeah. stuff, I think. How do you pay the rent? Is it your pay? Yeah. We have oh, is it we on? have derailed. We've absolutely derailed. This is but, amazing, though. Um, you can find <laughs> me online. Um, my main thing, I guess, would just be my Instagram, Coldplay, C-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y. That's just like a dumb, like... I didn't make any Coldplay jokes today. I, I stayed away. You did good. You did good. I um, I found out about Instagram really early on. My buddy told me about it when it was, like, only been out a couple of days. And he's like, oh, there's this photo app. And I needed a username. I literally thought for three seconds and I was like, it was just the first dumb pun that came to my mind. And then it just kind of stuck forever. But I'm not mad about it. When That's they awesome. played the Super Bowl, though, I got tagged in like a thousand comments for people like <laughs> miss, miss tag a bunch. Um, but, you know, there's, there's worse things. Um, I have Vimeo and a second Instagram account and a bunch of random stuff. But just, just hit me up on Instagram. That's, that's usually where I'm hanging out. All right, brother. It's been really great, and uh, so good talking to you, man. You're you're my favorite person I met from Instagram, I think so far. Like Hannah and I had like a good a good rapport. Ben was just on the on the written, but you, I feel like we're soulmates. I feel like we'd be like best friends if you lived here. So we already are, brother. Now you got to move to New York. You got to follow Hannah. All right. Yo, I, hopefully when things calm down a little bit, I need to get out there. Uh, I've been saying a lot, so we'll, we'll definitely. We'll definitely meet in real life soon, but also we'll just keep in touch in general. You're a good one. Awesome. I enjoyed this a lot. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.